Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Jen Lowry Writes. Today, I am so excited. I was so excited that I was having Hallie Christensen today. I took her book to work to show my students and I left it right on my desk. But I have a picture. She has a copy of her book that we're going to talk about. Look, Enchanted Misadventures of Great Aunt Poppy. I guys, I've got to let you know how much I love Hallie's writing. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Now, guys, wait, you hear this bio and then we're just going to have to break it apart a little bit because there's just too much of interest here. Uh, but I, I really wanted you guys to know who we're talking with today. Hallie Christensen grew up in a small town in Alabama, surrounded by professional storytellers, her family. She received her BA in English with a minor in Italian while attending the University of Alabama and her MA in teaching English from Faulkner University. Her life's background helped to influence her writing and creativity. And while growing up, she even attended young authors conferences. Got to go there. Played in the marching band. Tried her look as a magician. Became a junior park ranger for quite a few national parks. And for a brief moment was a disc jockey. And we're going to talk more about the monkeys and NSYNC. Because uh, me and you, NSYNC. I got to find out which was yours. Uh, when she isn't writing, editing, teaching English courses, or marking up essays, she enjoys hiking, attending rock concerts, more to talk there, from musicians her parents' age, staying at B&Bs, playing in a family band, and of course, reading with preferences in fantasy, contemporary, and the classics. And mm -hmm. Hallie currently resides in northern Alabama with her husband and a couple of cats. So, yeah. Hallie, all of that compacted in the one, like, wow, look at you. <laughs> wow. So, talk to me first about knowing at such a young age. Like, how old were you when you knew that that writing spark was there and you just had to go after it? It was sometime in, in elementary school, and the earliest I went to young authors conferences was when I was in second grade, and um, my mom even still has the book that I wrote from that young authors conference. So when, when I would tour um, at schools talking about my book, I would always have a picture of that to show them, you know, you could start writing even when you're like seven years old. And it doesn't have to be big stories because it was just a couple pages long. And funny enough is that it was about a cat and a dog. And in, in my book, there's there's a cat in it as well. So obviously, I've always liked cats. Um, but I just I had a big imagination. Um, I uh, just 
enjoyed coming up with stories, writing stories. I would have a notebook where when I was in elementary school, I have this little notebook where I would write down short stories and I would illustrate them myself. I'm not that great of an artist, but that's why I didn't draw this at all. Someone else did. Um, but yeah, just I always knew I wanted to write a book, but it just took years and years of me putting it off just because it can be nerve wracking thinking of sitting down and actually writing a story mm -hmm. and plotting it out. And and how do you do dialogue and how do you make it interesting and just just everything. So I would have written a story years ago if I had just been, you know, gotten over my inhibitions and just done it. But and so yeah. now that you've done it. Yeah. Your book came out in November with Sweetwater Press. How was all of that ride for you? That was, it was pretty fun and pretty interesting um, because it was like my first step into traditional publishing where you send your manuscript off to people to see if anyone's interested in publishing it. Um, it was, it was definitely a lot of fun. Um, it was great being able to have editors look through your manuscript and, and, you know, help me see where some areas might need to be built upon. And I really, really love how the book turned out, especially the cover. Um, they, yes, that, I love the cover. They had um, a mock-up, three different designs. And I went with, with this one um, just because I loved how it focused on all the kids and them staring into that's Aunt Poppy's cauldron there. Um, but yeah, it, it's just been a lot of fun. And I've had a lot of support from my hometown, which has been great as well. Um, so I've been able to have write-ups in like magazines and newspapers around here and, and visit a lot of elementary schools uh, and do that same thing that I did when I um, went to young authors conferences. Now being an author, be able to talk to kids, you know, who are interested in writing and just kind of help them on that path of writing their own stories. And just sharing their voice because it so yeah. matters. And just the outlet alone letting them see that it's possible. Oh, yeah. And how did Hallie's name get on that book from that person standing right here in front of the child on that book? But you talk about maybe you had some inhibitions there, like how Definitely. does this all work? And, and yet your degrees are in English and you've surrounded yourself with books your whole life. Yeah. So, so talk about that moment when you just said, I'm going for this and picking magical realism and middle grades. Like, I love this story because I got to hear it. I, I'm okay. ready. Well, um, I'm, I'm not, a, you know, afraid to say that the first thing I ever wrote, nothing really ever became of it. Um, because many authors, you know, the first few things that you write, they, they're kind of learning experiences. So I, when I finally decided I was going to sit down and write something, I just I was like, okay, when am I going to write? Because that's the other thing. It's like you, you have a full-time job. It's busy. When are you going to find the time to write? And so I decided, you know what? Whenever I have a chance to write, I'm just going to write something. And so over the few months, I wrote um, like a short chapter book about uh, cats. Again, cats. <laughs> it, it, it was a detective series. and yeah. But nothing ever became of it. And I, I became discouraged. And I thought, no, you know, this is from your experience with with talking to other authors, you know, this is how it goes. You have to just keep trying. And so I thought, well, the best way to perfect my writing is to keep writing. And so I joined an online writing group and I was just, you know, um, having fun, just putting up a chapter each week of some young adult fantasy that I was working on. And there was this writer's 
um, novella contest that came up and someone was like, Hey, you should join it. I was like, okay, sure. And the novella contest, you had like two months to write a short novella, about 20,000 words. And they had 40 different prompts that you could choose from. And one of the prompts was three siblings have to go visit a relative, but they don't want to. Oh, I think this sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, huh, well, I actually, I have two older brothers, so I know what it's like to be in, you know, siblings with three siblings. And I thought, you know, um, we have family that live all around us. And when I was younger, I never wanted to visit them, but it was because, you know, they were, to me, they were old and they talked a lot. And I was, you know, as a child, I was bored. I thought, well, that's not very interesting. So why could these three siblings not want to go visit a relative? And I thought, oh, well, I could make her a witch. And that and you would can, be scary. You could make her groppy, which yeah. is so cute. Yes. Puppy. That that was in the very first chapter that um, Great Aunt Poppy became Groppy. And I, I loved the name. And this has been so far the easiest book I have ever written because it's Ooh. like I knew all of the characters instantly. I knew their personalities. And when I would sit down to write a scene, I would literally just kind of close my eyes and think, okay, what would they say in the situation? And it's just like they came to life in my head. And I could just write the dialogue and it was super easy. But I showed it to one of my critique partners and she was like, you need to try to get this published. This is the best writing I've read of yours. And it was in a middle grade genre, which normally I was writing young adult. And I was like, well, maybe I do better with middle grade. And so I'm since it was short, it was novella. I made it longer and then spent that next year um, pitching it to agents and publishers. And 10 months later, I signed on with Cedar Fort Publishing. And 10 months after that, we have a book. Yes. Congratulations. Well, so thank you. Congratulations on all of that. And when you talk about, well, maybe YA, maybe it wasn't at that moment with YA for you. Mm -hmm. Not that it will never be. But maybe in that time, it was just to explore yeah. Ava's world and Nolan and Charlotte. And yeah. just let them live and be. And it seems like you had a lot of joy doing it. I can tell when you're oh, talking yeah. like, so when you talk about like at the beginning, you just sat down, closed your eyes, no plotting, no long drawn out note taking. You just went with story and the love of it. Yeah. That's literally the first half of this book. Is that what you just said? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and it just worked natural for you. Yeah, it, it really did. Everybody yeah. has a process and I love to hear them. Because all authors approach the page in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so that can give maybe somebody courage who may have not even approached the page yet. Just to say, oh. what if I close my eyes? What if I just welcome them in? How could yeah. it be? How could yeah. it be? Wow. So, so when they started talking, then they wouldn't stop. Right. Yeah. And, and their personalities, I just became more familiar with them as I wrote the book. Now I will say that once I reached the midpoint, I thought, okay, we're about to get to the big scene. So I might need to do some planning. So I did do a book outline and I just had a few sentences for each chapter, knowing what needed to happen and how, it went, how I wanted it to end. Cause I always mm -hmm. wanted to end with a slight little cliffhanger. So the kid kids would want to, you know, read the next chapter. So um, I think the NaNoWriMo calls that I'm a plantster. So I'm a planning pantster. Yes. Yeah. So, and then that works. So right when you got midway, you kind of put the brakes on and knew, let's try a different strategy. Yeah. Which shows that courage to just embrace your moments in your writing space 
and just see how it goes. Yeah. So then once you had it together, the query process, words of advice for those that are out there right now that do have a story to tell, that maybe have their manuscripts. Like you said, you had a critique partner, so you did mm -hmm. work through beta readers. Like yes. how important is that support and that writing group before the queries? It's it's huge. Um, I don't know if if uh, every writer feels this way, but the first time you finish writing your manuscript and you hand it to someone, you kind of want to throw up <laughs> <laughs> because it's like your soul is poured out on these pages and you, it's very vulnerable and you have no idea what people are going to think of it because you love it, but they could just hate it. And it's not like watching a movie that you really like and someone's like, I don't really like this. This is something that you created. So it's very nerve wracking. And so I highly recommend getting beta readers and critique partners. And I would say find people that you don't know because you want honest opinions and your friends. Well, some of your friends may be those that are very honest with you, but you want someone who's not afraid to say, I liked this, but I didn't really like that. Or I didn't quite understand this part. I actually, um, got my nieces to help me because children are very honest. Tell me, tell yeah. me, but yeah. you know, that's valuable when you're working in the middle grade and YA world, because that yeah. is your reader, your ideal reader. And that's what I thought. I'm like, I'm getting all this advice from adults, but adults aren't the ones who are going to be reading my book. It's children. I want to know if children actually like this. So um, with, with some slight monetary incentive, um, <laughs> I had them read the first half of my book and I gave them just very simple questions to answer at the end. Like, who's your favorite character, your least favorite? Um, did did uh, anything not make sense? Were you confused anywhere? Do you want to read more? Just very simple. They answered like one sentence lines. And um, I received a lot of great feedback just, just from that. Um, so I recommend if you do write for kids to find some kids that can read your book because they're the, they're your audience. And if they find it interesting, then probably other kids will too. And if they're confused by something, then probably other kids will be as well. I love how you brought that up because we do often go to our adult writing friends mm -hmm. because they get us, they get our urgency of wanting somebody to look at it. Yeah. They may read middle grade if they write middle grade, right? So they might yeah. have that passion for it, but it's just a different perspective. Oh yeah, definitely. So then yeah. once you had the book and then it was your first school visit, oh, how was that for you? Well, I, I don't know why I was nervous, but I was nervous because it was my first school visit. Okay, well, good. So it's not I just would me. be too. Yeah, trust me. Trust me. When I yeah. had a school visit, it was like a parent night. It was virtual over COVID. <laughs> I was so excited yet so nervous at the oh, same yeah. time. Yeah. Like unreal. But yeah, tell me all about your nervous energy and then how it all went. Yeah. So um, the, my first one, it was in uh, the library. So they just they just brought in like a whole grade and just set them down right in front of me. Um, I had a PowerPoint because I wanted to be able I wanted to have pictures because I know any kid would get bored just listening to adult just talking. I wanted to have pictures. I actually started with it was close to Halloween. So I started with some Halloween jokes. 
So that was like my my icebreaker. And that warmed them up to me because it's like, OK, she's kind of funny. She's got jokes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then I kind of just I talked some about my book and then I talked some about um, just the, the genre. And then I asked them if any of them ever wanted to write. And a lot of hands went up. Oh. And then, yeah. And then I talked about, um, uh, let's see, character growth. And I used the Grinch as an example. So I tried to use things I knew they would be familiar with. And then I even had them help me kind of like write out a scene to just a random story, um, showing them how you can use your senses to help describe things. And honestly, I mean, the kids were what made it the best um, because they were just, they were so, first of all, they're so kind, but they're so attentive. And they asked a lot of questions, which was great because I didn't want to just hear me talking the whole time. I wanted to hear from them. And it went so well. And then, you know, your heart melts when they come up and they want you to sign your book or the book for them. And it was like, because, mm, you know, they want your book. So and, you know, the ones that come up and they're like, we really liked hearing you talk or they give you a hug or something. It's just it makes makes your heart melt. It's just really yeah. awesome experience. And I had that with all the schools I went to. Just all the kids were just were awesome. And I was just happy to see that they also found joy in, in reading, too. Right. Love. Yeah. Because you've had that joy and, and I have that joy and we just wanted like everyone to feel that yeah. and experience that. And so you're also teaching. Yes. Yes. I teach um, part time at a junior college um, in my hometown and I teach English 101 and 102. So it's mostly writing courses. 101 is just strictly all essays. 102 at least has some literature in it and with some essays as well. But yes, that's so a lot of essays. <laughs> And a lot different from magical realism and magic mayhem and monsters. <laughs> Completely different. 100%. And so how is that to, to switch that, you know, that academic discourse, all of that academic, here's how you do your thesis statement to that hat. You look at that in and out, in and out every day to then moving over and transitioning into your creative writing space. Did you find that to be a challenge or did you just know how to cut that off? Um, I, I, somehow I just, I didn't know how to just cut it off. I mean, one thing that sticks with both of them is grammar. So I didn't have much issues when going through my manuscript with, um, grammar or anything, but I mean, writing a, an essay most times is, you know, in a third person argumentative voice, writing a narrative, I use third person as well, but you know, it's completely different. It's 100% different. So, but somehow my brain knows, I guess it's left and right brain. Somehow one knows this is academic. This is for fun. So. And fun it is. Yes. And so for you, you've got great aunt Poppy. You've got other work out there that's circulating. You're yep. also on Readsy because if you, so yes, I went to YouTube and I ah. saw your video about editing on Readsy. Oh, so, yeah. So talk about that life for you, like balancing that. How did you get a part of the editing world? So um, right now, currently, I have an account on, I use Fiverr. I knew that, yes, and, and it's great. Um, I knew that if I wanted to continue, um, well, I didn't want to lose anything that I had gained. So like I said before, when I joined the writing online writing group to perfect my writing. I became an editor just to help keep my skills up um, with, with the editing process to always recognize 
when places in a story need to change or there's a lull or a drag or, a, you know, dialogue issue or something. So I've helped actually a lot of writers, especially with like writing their query letters and their synopsis. Getting that synopsis down to one page is an absolute nightmare. But what I have found is the most helpful is if someone else does it. And I'm not <laughs> saying and I'm not saying because you don't have to do the work, but because they don't have that emotional attachment that you do. So they can take your five pages and easily mark out four pages to get it down to one because they will find what they think is the most important plot driven points. Whereas you could be sitting. I mean, I still have problems with getting my synopsis down to one page. Um, and I have to have people help me, but it's like, I can easily mark theirs down to one. So that's the reason why I did that is because I wanted to keep my skills up. And cause if like with learning languages, the phrases, if you don't use it, you lose it. And it's the same with editing. If you, um, because styles can change and fads can change and you kind of just need to be on top of your game there. So it helps to read other authors work and other writers work and to help them with their process as well. And so how can people find you on Fiverr? Because that is something that, so instead of just doing query letters and synopsis, do you do full length manuscripts as well? Now for that, I actually use Critique Match for, for, okay. for the full length manuscripts and Critique Match because I like it because it sends it usually one chapter at a time. And so for me, with all the other stuff that I'm working on, that's easier for me to, to look at is just to focus on your one chapter to leave comments. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, they'll send me another chapter. So, so I'm writing down critique match because I have never heard of this before. So, Oh yeah, they are fairly new. I think a couple of years ago, they started as like a beta site, but um, they now on there have where um, it's, it is free um, for critique partners. And that's where I met my critique partner that, that helped me with this book actually. And she had some um, great advice there. Uh, it is completely free. There are editing services, though, that you can pay for. And they're actually with um, either professional editors or with actual literary agents as well. So that's just their professional side. But if you want the free side, then you can are able to get critique partners. And there's profiles. They're um, very detailed. So you can see exactly what the person has edited before and what their genre interests are. So yeah, it's a really great site because I've used it for the past couple of years. So you use it as an editor, but you also mm -hmm. use it for critique partners because you said you found someone that it's best to find maybe someone you don't know. Exactly. And that's where I went. Ah. Yeah. And yeah. just you heard about critique match just like out in the world of author community. I was I was actually doing a Google search because I had read online, you need to have critique partners. And I'm like, well, how can I find them? And, you know, there were um, websites that had like a billion people's names listed. And for me, it was overwhelming since I was kind of doing this on my own. And I'm like, I need something kind of more structured and simple. And I saw there was this, you know, try this new beta site critique match. And I thought, mm, OK, well, why not? And yeah, I've stuck with it ever since because it's just you, you know, kind of like uh, Facebook, you send a request to see if they'd be interested um, and then looking and then you're able to discuss with them that way. So that for me was helpful just because it can be overwhelming all the information you need to know with publishing a book and everything involved with it. Well, when I go out and I speak with authors, those one of the main questions is how do you find people? How do you find someone where, you know, yeah. like people will say, find your community, grow your group. If you find one, you can even have a splinter off of another group, just as long mm -hmm. as you get your people around you. And then there's a lot of people that go, I don't have anybody. Yeah. I don't know anybody. 
Yeah. Like, all right, guys, we just learned something new critique match. Now we can go and check yeah. that out. So, so now that you've got all these tips for us that we didn't even know was coming, what else do you have, Hallie? Like, what are some like major, like, you're so thankful you did that thing because it really helped hold in? Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, well, first of all, yes, uh, beta readers and critique partners. And um, what also has been really helpful, you have to get involved on social media. <gasps> let's talk it. Let's yeah. talk it. Yeah. Um, nothing has been more helpful for me than um, a couple of years ago. I decided to, I didn't really have a presence on Instagram. And then I saw there was this thing called Bookstagram and it, pretty much is Instagram just for book lovers. And there, there's everything there. I mean, and people with like millions of followers and they're just posting about books, doing reviews on books, sharing book ideas with other people. And then there's writers on Instagram. And um, I've met so many friends and authors just from having an Instagram account. And um, I, I post a few times a week still and connect with people that way. And what you do is you you can build up also, um, you know, a, a fan base as well, because when I released my book, I used Instagram and their um, book tours to help get my book out there. And so I had quite a few book tours on it. And so I was seeing my you know book on Instagram and people were learning about it that way. So it, it helps with advertising as well. Um, so definitely Instagram. Another one is Twitter because uh, there are a lot of agents are on Twitter. They'll let you know when they're looking for things, what exactly they're looking for. Publishers will as well. You know, you just need to click and follow and make sure you um, do the extra little click to notify you whenever they send out a tweet, just in case they're saying, hey, I'm we're looking for this now or we're open now to queries. And there's a billion different Twitter pitch events on Twitter as well. Um, it's more than just pit mad. If anyone knows what the hashtag yep. pit mad is, um, but there's there was even one just yesterday. So yes, and I didn't even know about it, yeah. and then just happened to be online and saw it. it was like ISWL or it was like a, a hashtag, and I had to go to the website. Yeah. I had to go to their website, like read up about it. I was like, oh, there's things all the time moving and shaking in the author yeah. world. But this helps you as well because you know if you get an agent like and. Um, that may, it at least lets them see what you're writing and at least have an interest because I know agents are just overwhelmed with the amount of queries that they receive. And so um, it's, it's helps, it's helpful for you to actually get them to sit down and, and look at your manuscript. Some if you do these pitch events and they happen to see it, because at least now they have an interest and um, you know, you might be able to get an agent that way. So Twitter definitely also to connect with authors as well, to advertise as well, um, to try to get agents to learn when publishers are open and those are like the main two for me that have worked really well have been Instagram and Twitter. I have tried book talk, which is TikTok for books, but I am older. I'm not like that old, but I feel like that's more, I feel like the younger generation gets that more than I do. So, um, but there have been a lot of success with people on book talk as well, just with advertising and, and meeting new people. Um, maybe I'll get there, but I'm not there quite yet. Hey, we all got room, right? We've got room to go. We can. Yeah. We can make it. Don't have to do everything in a day. I love right, right. how you talk about being present, though, being present in those yeah. spaces because it does make you aware, but it also lets other people know about you. So yeah. it's, it's 
it's just a great place to be. So guys, if you've been like holding back from social media, just let let that go. Let that reservation go and and just get out there and start connecting. Just yeah. make authentic connections with people and it'll continue to grow. Yeah. And even if you haven't finished writing whatever you're writing now, just at least have a presence out there. And, and so people know who you are. I mean, I built um, my Instagram up for a year and a half before I even had a book out. So and when I started it, I didn't even mention the fact that I was writing because I was just focused on books. So, yeah. But then when it came time to say, oh, look what I've got. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was posting Here. stuff constantly. Yeah. Yeah, because people need to see things like at least seven times, maybe before yeah. it kind of starts to hit them. So like, Definitely. hey, you, you can't oversaturate, you know, just be there, be present. Yeah. So talking about social media, let everybody know how they can contact you. Like you said, Instagram, Twitter, uh, what's your main, what's your uh, names and how can they find you there? Gotcha. So um, on Instagram, it's Hallie Cat. That's cat is in K A T because my middle name's Kathleen. Uh -huh, so cat. There's, yep. Yeah. So so now y'all know what that's from. Um, Hallie Cat Biblio Love. That is my bookstagram account. Um, but what might be easier to find is my personal one that I have my other books account. They're all linked together. So it's like if you okay. find one, you'll be able to find the other because I have it all in the info. And um, it's Hallie.d.christensen. So that one may be easier to find since it's my actual name. But <laughs> Uh, I have a link tree account on both of those and you're able to get to my website um, from any of those, which is just author HallieChristensen.com. And from there, uh, I have those hyperlinks to all my social media accounts, ways to contact me. Um, I'm always open to if you have any questions about anything or about the book, feel free to, to message me. Any of those messages that you send to me through my uh, author website, there are emails that go directly to me and I try to answer them within that day. So, yeah, because that's how I found you too. I found yeah. you online and I reached out through your website. So thank you so much for just saying, yes, let's go. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk well, about books. I'm, well, I'm really happy to have you. So, all right, guys, you've heard it here. You've got a lot of information now. I've got Critique Match. We know our social media presence is strong. Get you some mm -hmm. beta readers, critique partners, your nieces. <laughs> yeah. Get ready to go to schools. Get ready to share your love of writing with the world. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Hallie, for being here, guys. Yeah, thank you. you. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.